This podcast contains plot spoilers for movies, television, and has numerous pop culture references. Adult language and mature themes are present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to a podcast of Rare Antiquities, Episode 3. My name is Harry, and I'm one of the hosts of this podcast. And I am your co-host, Jeff. Today, we will be reviewing the cult movie Leprechaun, starring Warwick Davis and Jennifer Aniston in her breakthrough performance. This movie was released in 1993 by Trimark Pictures and was written and directed by Mark Jones. So, for those who listened last episode, I chose this one because it was something always on my radar to watch, but I never did because I feared it would be too bad of a movie to get through. So I think it'll be interesting today to go through this movie and see if there's anything of interest here or not. And Jeff, I figured... As I mentioned last time, this was a movie I thought and pretty much had a good educated guess that you had never seen before as well. That is correct. I have never seen Leprechaun before. <laughs> I don't know how I missed it. I don't know how I missed it the first time around, but this was a new one. <laughs> so um, so that, that was like obviously another question. Do you have any – obviously, if you haven't seen it, you haven't had any direct memories of this movie, but – you laughed pretty hard when I mentioned it as my pick last time. <laughs> so you obviously knew yeah. of, it, of its existence. So do you have any kind of memory of when you have even first heard or of Leprechaun or the series or anything like that? Well, I'm aware of, you know, every couple of years, it seems like a Leprechaun movie comes back around. And I was always aware of it being around. And I had the same thought that a lot of people have when some ridiculous sequel comes out is, you know, how are they making another one of these but other than that, no, I was aware of it coming out at the time and I would have been at the age when, you know, this type of movie was probably might have appealed to me at the, at the time. But for somehow I let it slip through the slip through the cracks. <laughs> yes, as did I. <laughs> as the yeah. funny thing is, well, is what like- are your memories? Well, I I don't really have any memories per se about Leprechaun. I mean, I guess when Netflix hit, I always saw it out there under the horror movies. And it was like, oh, Jennifer Aniston's on the cover of this and kind of piqued my interest because I knew of her. And it's always kind of fascinating to see all these celebrities. I mean, famous actors. I wouldn't necessarily call her very famous, but it's always interesting to see where they started. And it seemed, I just guessed, I didn't even have to know that that probably was like one of her early movies at the time, because obviously she was on Friends. So after that, she was a bit more high profile. So I would venture an educated guess without even looking at anything on the internet that she probably wouldn't have come close to a movie like this post Friends or during her Friends run. Yeah. She looked pretty young, you know, credit to her for going on to bigger and better things after a uh, small uh, movie like like this one. It's an interesting place for an actor to get a start. Yeah, uh, and she's not the first celebrity to do that. Uh, you know, I think, wasn't Matthew McConaughey's first real role was on, like, a reboot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre or, or one of those crappy sequels or something like that? Uh, yeah, it, yeah, he's another one of those guys that turned a, an interesting start into a famous career, which is probably a better place for an actor to start if you think about some of the actors who start off in big 
blockbusters, usually their career trajectory goes in the opposite direction. That's probably true. That's probably true for most people. But I mean, it's still a needle in the haystack for these celebrities to make it past any point right after a first breakthrough hit. But anyways, they wish it was a needle in a haystack. But uh, yeah, anyways. Yeah. Well, I mean, going back to my memories, every time I think Leprechaun, I always go back and think of the Treehouse of Horror episode from The Simpsons where uh, Homer gets cursed by the gypsy and he releases a leprechaun on her. <laughs> Doesn't work out for him. They end up like having sex in front of him. It's like, ah, cha-cha, cha-cha, cha-cha. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and then it's like, and then like Lenny and Lenny and Carl's comments is like, I got hexed by a troll once. A leprechaun fixed that right up. <laughs> and then I think what Lenny, Lenny says, the next best thing is Jesus. He's like six leprechauns. <laughs> <laughs> didn't he uh, like? Didn't he like lure the leprechaun with like a box of Lucky Charms or something in that episode too? Yes, he did. <laughs> that was fun. Oh yeah, it was really good. Uh, so before we go get into a plot summary, I just wanted to ask. Obviously, educated guests from both of us, it's quite obvious this movie is a low budget B movie horror. So did you go into this movie with any preconceived notions here, or did you really go into it with an open mind? Oh, I totally went into it with an open mind, and I think that's in the spirit of what we're trying to do on the show. Obviously, I knew it wasn't going to be a top of my list type of show, but tried to go into it to watch it for for what it was and to have a good time doing it. Well, that's good. Yeah, I I tried to go into it with as much of an open mind as possible. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what our thoughts are throughout the movie and at the end. So should I just get right into the plot summary here? Yeah, let's let's do it. All right. So we open the movie with Irishman Daniel O'Grady, who returns home from Ireland and tells his wife he has acquired gold. Apparently, an evil leprechaun stowed away in his suitcase and has come for revenge to get his gold back because you never, ever steal a leprechaun's gold. O'Grady has hid the gold and the leprechaun kills his wife. But then O'Grady is able to trap the leprechaun in a wooden crate with the power of lucky charms. I mean a four-leaf clover, just prior to him having a stroke. So long as the clover is on the crate, the leprechaun will remain trapped forever. Fast forward 10 years, and some guy and his daughter, Tori, played by Jennifer Aniston, rent this house for the summer. Tori doesn't want to be anywhere near this dirty house, but quickly changes her mind when she meets muscle-clad Nathan, who seems to be painting the house. Nathan has a painting business with his younger brother, Alex, and a mentally challenged friend, Ozzy. Ozzy accidentally releases the leprechaun when he swipes off the four-leaf clover on the top of the crate and the hilarity ensues. Ozzy, being a dimwit who seems to like telling false stories, cannot convince anyone a leprechaun is present. But then all of a sudden, a cheap looking rainbow appears and Ozzy and Alex run to the end of the rainbow while Nathan is doing the same thing to stay behind and ogle Tori. Ozzy and Alex find a truck with gold in it at the end of the rainbow and decide to hide the gold in a well, but not before Ozzy accidentally eats one piece. Alex keeps another to get it appraised to see its real worth. After killing a police officer, the leprechaun then returns back to the O'Grady house to continue his search for his gold. After injuring Nathan, Ozzy and Alex tell the truth about finding the gold, and Tori then returns the gold from the well to the leprechaun. But the leprechaun realizes that one piece is still missing, the one Ozzy swallowed. So he continues his torment on these folks. Tori, upon learning that O'Grady himself somewhat trapped the leprechaun, visits him in a nursing home, only to find the leprechaun there and O'Grady almost dead. Before dying... O'Grady tells Tori that she needs a four-leaf clover to kill the leprechaun. Tori returns home, and surprisingly, there is a four-leaf clover patch on the farm, and through the power of belief, one actual four-leaf clover is found. 
After a small chase, Alex sticks the clover to a wad of gum and shoots it in the leprechaun's mouth, taking away his power. The leprechaun falls down the well, and Nathan then pours gasoline inside the well and lights it, blowing it up. The police then, of course, arrive, and all is well. The leprechaun appears to be dead, until you hear its voiceover saying, it will not rest until it gets all of its gold. da 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 the end. So, <laughs> yes. So, hearkening back to episode one, yeah. when we talked about UHF's plot summary, after hearing this plot summary, the first thing that comes to my mind is, again, the plot is very thin, like real thin, fucking anorexic. So we can already tell there is there probably isn't a lot to take away from this movie. But in UHF's case, there was so much more to the plot to make the movie enjoyable and something we recommended. So just so I just the que- initial question I have for you then, Jeff, is just based on the plot summary, what, what are your thoughts? What are just your initial thoughts well if i were to take the plot summary out of the out of context here and hadn't watched this film sure it doesn't it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot going on here sounds pretty ridiculous setup but i'll give them credit for being creative i never would have thought of a leprechaun as a object to be feared so that was kind of a neat that's kind of a neat take on it there i suppose yeah but all of the other leprechaun tropes you know the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow all that kind of stuff uh, i think i'm l- listening to this plot summary I'm a little confused that this is supposed to be a horror film. Yes, and we'll talk about that as we get through it. Just moving on, like based yeah. on our other podcast, we'll just lay out some trivia for any folks who are listening, and maybe I'll dazzle you with some trivia here, Jeff. So this okay, movie had <laughs> this movie had a budget of nine hundred thousand, and according to Box Office Mojo, its domestic gross was just around eight point five million. So I guess not taking into consideration any international markets or home video, that seemed to be a pretty good profit for the studio, and thus I guess that's what spawned all those sequels that came. So this was also released in 93 and it was released in early January. There wasn't, I took a look at the movie release schedule in that year and not a lot of movies were around then. I think it was the only movie that opened on that particular weekend. But then just out of curiosity, I went to October and there was no horror movies in October. So I'm wondering if they may have had a little bit more success if they did release in October. Cause you know, January seems to be a bit perplexing to release a movie like this, in my opinion. So yeah. Yeah. Also, Trimark Pictures surprisingly released an eight-page prequel comic book prior to the release of this film, huh. and, and it depicts how Dan O'Grady got the gold from the Leprechaun. I kind of wanted to point that out because they seem to be a pioneer for what a lot of major studios are doing now for blockbuster films, is that they're releasing prequel material. A lot of movies now do that through, like so you say, superhero movies or science fiction movies. They seem to be releasing a lot of prequel material. We talked about a few episodes ago about you know The Force Awakens coming out soon, and man, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's being released least prior to that movie. So it's interesting to see that a low budget B horror movie like this actually released something like that just to get marketing out there. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's really interesting to hear because you're right. That's a really common thing to do today. But back then, that's got to be one of the first movies that ever did something like that. So that's really fascinating. And for a movie like this, that considering when the movie was released in the year, and that's not usually a time that a studio is going to release its, its A-list stuff so that's that's a big promotional item to put the time and money into so that's that's pretty neat man i think we got to get our hands on that comic book we should, we should really <laughs> go and parse that one that would be great yeah do a review on that 
But it's only eight pages. I mean, so it's I'm only not... eight pages long. So <laughs> yeah, you'd think it'd just be a comic strip in a uh, in a newspaper or something. Well, I, I mean, obviously the leprechaun's pretty shitty at his job. I mean, if it only took eight pages of a comic book for that that old guy to get the gold out of him, I, I'm curious to see what that what that looks like. Yeah, it would be interesting. So the leprechaun, as most geeks would know, is played by Warwick Davis, and he's most notable for his breakthrough role as Wicket the Ewok in Return of the Jedi, or his role in Willow. Surprisingly, I've never seen Willow, so... But I heard that he had a fairly large role, uh, live action role in that one. But from the research I've done, this leprechaun role seems to be one of his more favorites because it was so different than anything else. And he got to stretch his acting. So moving on to Jennifer Aniston, it's quite obvious that this is one of her first major roles. Just from IMDb, this is her first major role. She didn't really star in anything prior to this. And the year after, she got landed the role on Friends. So it's kind of interesting. I'm wondering if this movie actually helped land her that role. <laughs> we'll get into her acting in this movie. So we'll see what happens here. So this movie also is classified technically as a horror comedy. So what do you think about that, Jeff? Do you think that's an accurate label? Yeah, that I, I think that regardless of how well the jokes hit, that's clearly the tone that they're establishing here. It is a horror comedy, which is an odd genre in and of itself. But I, I'd say that that's pretty accurate. Yeah, it is completely accurate. And what was interesting, I, I was listening to an interview on YouTube from Warwick Davis himself, and he was saying that actually all, like pretty much all the gory shots that you see, and there's not that many in this movie, they all came on reshoots because the studio felt that there was absolutely zero aspects of horror to this film. So I found that quite interesting. So also, just for your information, the Leprechaun's name, even though it's never mentioned in any of the Leprechaun movies, his name is Lubden. So just in case you were curious. And then discussing the director, Mark Jones, this really, and not surprisingly, is his claim to fame. Previously, he was just working as a writer on children's cartoons like Scooby-Doo, Super Friends, and I guess he wrote some episodes of The Fall Guy and shows like A-Team in the 80s. So that was pretty much all he's done in his life. And I think he's had some some hand and involvement in all the Leprechaun sequels as well. But this was his, I guess, creative thought, his creation in a sense, to make this movie. And so he was involved hmm. in the rest. So speaking of the sequels, this movie did lead to five sequels. And I think one of them is being, or another one's coming as it's getting a reboot, of course. So only the sequel Leprechaun 2 was released in theaters and not surprisingly the rest would be direct-to-video ones. But just out of just for your amusement, here are the titles for the sequels, in case you don't already know. So Leprechaun 2, Leprechaun 3, pretty standard. Leprechaun 4, In Space. Leprechaun 5, In the Hood. Leprechaun oh, that's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And then Leprechaun right. 6, Back in the Hood. <laughs> So, That's right. Yes. I remember that stuff. Wasn't there, isn't there a Leprechaun Origins too? Yes, and that was what the reboot is called. I don't know if it's out. I found it strange. Like I couldn't find enough material on the internet to say if the reboot is already has been released or if it's still underway. But apparently it's been co-financed or co-produced by uh, WWE studio so that's all i need to know stay clear <laughs> yeah that's right i remember hearing about that yeah yeah they're, they're certainly uh spreading their wings there and some classic quality entertainment there kind of fits i guess yes <laughs> so just based on that trivia is there anything that stands out for you there or uh, do you want to just get right into the into the meat and potatoes of the movie i really love the the sequel names you know what War, warwick davis isn't the type of actor to get top billing in a movie so good for him I forgot about Willow. That's uh, that's interesting to remember that as well. Have you seen that? Uh, he was yeah. I have seen Willow. 
Yeah, I have seen Willow. I, I don't know that it's a film you're going to enjoy. We can we could probably break that one that one down sometime too. Uh, I was surprised to hear the the box office numbers there. That's a pretty low budget movie made for under a million dollars in the '90s. That's that's pretty modest budget, and considering what it returned, like that's a smash hit. Yeah, for a studio, that's a and smash not, hit. I and, I did not expect that. Yeah. No, and I think even Leprechaun two. If I'm just going off the top of my head now because I didn't write this down. It made over two million, and I would assume that the budget would be roughly the same. And that's just domestic gross. Yeah. So I mean, then after that, it's quite obvious they said, okay, now we're you know cutting it tight. So then we'll go all direct to video, right? But to me, uh, nine hundred thousand on this yeah, movie is well, not surprising. Yeah. It seems there was very few set pieces here, so I don't think they blew their budget. Yeah, it, it's it quite shows. it shows. Yeah, there's not a lot of sets in this movie, and we can maybe talk about that. So so how about we go straight yeah. into the movie? Um, so as usual, we break this up into three acts, and we'll do some analysis on each of these acts. So so act one. I just want to get right into the meat and potatoes of this movie right now. Jennifer Aniston. She's hot. She was looking good. She was looking really good, man. I never really was that much into her on Friends, but changing my mind after watching this one. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's literally the meat and potatoes in the movie right there. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to pander to the lowest common denominator for the podcast, but I can't help it. That's the first thing I, I wanted to yeah. wanted to mention right there. So one of the, the one of the things that the movie does well, I, I even though it's very quick, I do like the set piece. The leprechaun starts on the stairs. I guess it's a layer of his and he's, you know, it's like my precious, you know, about his gold and he's going into a little monologue about no one should steal his gold from him. Otherwise he'll curse him. I, I did like the effects in this scene. I don't know about you. I talked about a cheesy rainbow later on in the movie, but there's an actual pretty good effect here with a little bit of a rainbow in, the, in his lair here and a little bit of glitter on his hat. I know it's not the best effects, but for a movie like this, I was actually impressed in this scene. To me, it seemed all the budget went into the shot. What did you think of that? Yeah, I, I really thought it was an interesting little tidbit at the start. I was, wasn't was quite sure what we were looking at. I, I At first, I thought, you know, maybe we're back in time or, or something at the start here, but it was kind of a neat little bit to put in there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. I think it set it up really well. And then it cuts straight into the opening credits. And the first thing that, you know, hits me right away is that Warwick Davis gets top billing. So, yeah, uh, yeah. and that's that's awesome. I, I, I'm proud of the little guy. I mean, he is a little person just doing side characters in other movies, as we mentioned. And now he gets top billing here. And that that impressed me. What, what's your thoughts on that, Art? Oh, I completely agree. That was actually the first thing I wrote down about this when I was taking my notes is top billing for Warwick Davis. I mean, good for him. Yeah. Obviously, I, I would have known his name best from Return of the Jedi, but certainly he's buried under a lot of makeup here. Yes. I, I thought he's uh, holding himself fairly well. Yeah. And we can break this down a little bit further, but I wanted to talk because obviously we talked about him on the stairs and he's doing his little monologue. Is this his voice? Do you think this is his voice or did they pull a David Prowse on the guy? Oh, that's a good question. We should check the credits. I was, I was under the impression it was his voice. I think so. I would be surprised. I mean, he's a little person. He's not a mute, dude. Like, he's he he can talk. It's not like he's severely disabled or something. Are you pulling out the whiskey to get through this podcast? What's that? No. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I just just heard a little cork go off in the background. (laughs) 
I've already got mine here. It's chilling on the rock, so it's good. So beyond that, so now we cut straight to this Irish guy, Dan O'Grady, comes back to the States to his wife. I guess he was in Ireland, and of course, he's Irish. It's got to start out this way. And he obviously says he's found some gold, and he brings it back, and now all of a sudden, they're all rich. And not, and then we get our first introduction to the leprechaun who seemed to be stowaway in his suitcase. And a dear old wifey sees him first, and she falls backwards, breaks her neck. So what did you think of this whole introduction here because it's you know obviously the opening of the movie we've got the setup it's a little i'm a little confused at this point i am wondering where he got the gold because i didn't have the benefit of reading this uh, introductory comic book but i guess if you're going to introduce your villain he's got to kill somebody right off the top and that was her neck was broken in half (laughs) so oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) so so one thing that i I did notice out of this scene here is that I love how when Dan O'Grady comes back and he's drunk, he, you know, and he reveals the gold, he goes, gold! <laughs> it's like, he must have come from a soccer match. He must have come from a soccer match, right? Over in Ireland. He's like, gold! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but well, why did... move there, having the drunk Irishman, too. I mean, uh, that's a real creative choice on their part. It, yeah, they got to get the stereotypes down in this one. The only thing oh, it was this... The Sorry. leprechaun stereotypes are all in bounds at this. Point. Yes, the one thing I did notice here is that the leprechaun really, to me, didn't seem all that scary. I did lo- love how he's interested in tea, but his introduction really isn't isn't scary at all. And the other thing I, m- I noted here is that, so I'm guessing the four leaf clover obviously is his kryptonite. So I was half expecting as Dan O'Grady like pulled it out <laughs> and was walking towards him. I was expecting him to say, this old diseased maniac would be your banker. Because, like, I see the leprechaun, <laughs> I see the leprechaun, like, have that Christopher Reeve look. It's like, no, no, he's got the hand up and he's backing up with his mouth gaping open. And it's like, <laughs> that's the first thing that hit me. This old disease. Like put it around his neck with a big chain on it. <laughs> yeah, that's what he should have done. Otisburg? So I do. Know, that's a- funny, man. I, I actually, I wrote that down. Four Leaf Clover is his kryptonite. So that's exactly what we were looking at here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. So I do have a question for you, something that I didn't understand, and I thought I'd run this by you. So O'Grady does shoot him, does trap him in the crate and puts the clover on there, which is fine. I understand that. But how do the bullets work in this universe for the leprechaun? If he has the four-leaf clover, do these bullets work or they don't work? I'm a little confused. Do you know? Did you make any sense of this? I I couldn't make a lot of sense of it. It's like, yeah, I'm holding the four-leaf clover, so the... My bullets carry the power of the four-leaf clover. I would have figured as soon as those bullets are out of range. What's the range of a four-leaf clover? I guess <laughs> the real question you got to ask. That's a, those here. are pretty yeah. small. Those are pretty small little flowers. So I mean, <laughs> they are. They're not little uh, plants. Well, they they pack a lot of punch, man. The three-leaf clovers don't pack a lot of punch, but the four-leaf ones, I figure at least what a twenty-foot radius power on circle on those. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and then yeah, it's like a vampire with a cross. I mean, I don't know. It's in the room. Yeah, I guess if it's there. It works. Yeah. Good enough. Stretching it. So anyways, yeah, O'Grady gets a stroke, I guess, before he could light, light up the house or light up the crate. And I guess the leprechaun caused that to happen. Cursed him. So then we fast forward 10 years later. So they get to the <laughs> they get to the place and she hates it because she's from high society, L.A., I guess. And then she doesn't want to go. She doesn't want to stay there for the summer. But then she bumps into 
Nathan, who's the, you know, I guess the beefcake of the movie for her. And he has a longer, younger bro- brother, Alex, and a mentally challenged friend, Ozzy. So I have a quick question for you. Do you know, have you ever seen this actor, Nathan, before? Because the minute I saw him, he was familiar, but I could never quite place him until I did the research. Do you know where he's from? No, I don't know where he's from, but I had the exact same thought is that I, I knew him from somewhere. So hit us with some trivia, man. Okay. Star Trek Next Generation, Picard's son. Fake Picard's son. Oh, right. That's him. Same yeah, actor. Fake son. Yeah. Okay. Fake son. Yeah. I could totally see it now. Yeah. yeah. Now you can Does see he, it. Did he do anything else? No. I mean, he's still acting today, but he's doing like really minor work. I feel sorry for the guy. He doesn't seem to be able to get into any TV series long term. It's like one episode here and something, one episode there and something. He's kind of just all over the place. So feel sorry for the guy. Anyways. Yeah. His younger brother, Alex. So. Just, again, a question for you. Just based on his look and how he acted and the timeline of this show, who do you think this character was reminded you of? Who do you think, what was the inspiration for this character? Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now what I think. Bart Bart Simpson. Oh, oh yeah, I guess that's, that makes a lot of sense, actually. And now that you mention it with the slingshot and the being the sort of a jackass kid, yeah, that adds up. Yeah, I mean, Bart Simpson's a pretty smart kid. He's pretty clever. He's pretty, you know, he's a little shit disturber. So this guy seemed to be acting kind of the same way as he had the slingshot, as you mentioned, and dressed like a cross between Bart Simpson and Dennis the Menace, who Bart Simpson was kind of based off of originally anyways. So this is, that's the first thing I thought when I saw this guy, I said, oh God, here comes Bart Simpson. And I wasn't far off. That's really interesting. No, Hey, that would have, that might've been a good movie, man. Bart Simpson versus the leprechaun. Yeah, they might've done it in the Simpsons. Who knows? So so we get to the dim wit of the movie, Ozzy. You know, we can call him Ozzy. We can call him Porkins. I don't know <laughs> what you prefer. I, I think prefer Porkins, actually, yeah. now that you mention it. Because <laughs> if we call <laughs> he lasts him Por- longer than Porkins, so good for him. Yeah, but we if you call, call Porkins Ozzy. Maybe that actually would work better for Porkins. But I thought Porkins would do Ozzy a service, you know, top men. You know what I mean? So it's, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Top men. Top men. <laughs> so as essentially the scene, everyone just gets introduced to each other. These guys are painting the house that Tori and her father are staying at. So when Porkins or Ozzy, you know, goes into the basement, he accidentally releases the leprechaun. So I thought I wanted to ask you, what did you think of this scene when the leprechaun was finally released? Did you, what did you uh, think of the effects? What did you think of, did you think you got a better look at the leprechaun, his prosthetics, his costume? Like what, what were your initial thoughts here? Yeah, the effects were fine. I- Effects were fine. I thought the actually, I thought the look at the leprechaun himself, the makeup effects on Warwick Davis, were really solid. Didn't look too fake or cheesy. Actually, you know, he doesn't look scary or really anything, but pretty effective there. You know, effects are what they were for the time, but I, I, I didn't find them overly cheesy or or terrible. Yeah, I agree. I thought for the movie, it is. It was pretty good. I completely agree. I think the costume and the prosthetics for uh, Warwick Davis to be the leprechaun were top-notch, in my opinion. I thought they did some really good work in there. Just, again, some little bit of trivia is I think they had an initial design for the leprechaun and they went to the studios and then they said, nope, make it more scary, put some more money into it. So I think a lot of the budget went into Warwick Davis's costume and the makeup up and prosthetics and yeah, I think it paid off it was well done the the only thing here is I, I didn't like this scene at all like him being released out of the crate I mean I did like the hand coming out of the crate even though it was so telegraphed you could see it coming a mile away but yeah. when he was released it wasn't scary at all and it seemed really forced, forced like, oh, I'm going to bite off your ear if you don't give me that uh, gold. And it's just like, uh, this was not a very good introduction. They could have done it a lot better here. 
Yeah, that's yeah, just that's I, just I my totally thoughts. agree with you there. Yeah, yeah, it didn't it didn't it didn't work at all. And I think that was a, a key pivotal moment of the film when he finally gets released, and it it just was not done right at all in this point. So then we go back outside, and another thing I, I noticed here is the poor attention to detail and the piss poor directing. Is it see you see Nathan and Tori starting to paint, and they only have these very even brush strokes of paint on their arms. They're not blotches. They're not drops. They're actual like someone took a paintbrush and say, "I'm going to make a mark on your arm this long." Another one on this arm. I got nothing on your face. I got nothing on your clothes. So it looks to me that Jennifer Aniston already got her way back then. You can't get any on my face or clothes. <laughs> I wonder how many times she had to say that. <laughs> that was in her previous career. Not the face. That's, uh, you know, a lovely lady, I'm, I'm sure that uh, that she is. I did notice that about the paint, though. So it's interesting that you say, I think, it, you know, it's one of those things that guys like us notice the sort of small details like that really do contribute to the overall makeup of a film, whether you can buy into it or those uh, those details that are so engineered that they start pulling you out of the experience. Yeah, and this was something that just like instead of me paying attention to the dialogue, I paid attention to that. And it's just like shocking. It's like, come on, put at least a yeah. little bit of effort into it. So that's so it's crazy. Anyways, yeah, that exactly. was just something that hit me hard and it's just like something so small shouldn't shouldn't stand out, but it did. It did, and it's just bad. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, because uh, the leprechaun is now released, now we get the cheesy rainbow that I was talking about. It just instantaneously instantaneously appears over everybody outside the house. What, what did you think of that effect? <laughs> I just want to know your thoughts here. It's pretty silly at this point. I don't know if they're trying to play this part for laughs. Obviously, we're we're playing in this sandbox where the leprechaun is the, the scary guy here. So I suppose a rainbow is just par for the course, but <laughs> it, it was it was a little goofy. Oh yeah, it was beyond. It goofy. was a little goofy, yeah, and it was a bad effect too. It was just like that was laugh out loud when I saw mm. this. I spit out my drink. It was like <laughs> I was like, wow, you couldn't even do that right. It's like, geez, Louise, and they did it right in the first scene. So it's like you couldn't get it right here. This looked like um, 60s Star Trek effect. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, that, that probably would have looked better a 60s Star Trek effect. Yeah, here. maybe. Yeah, it was it was pretty obvious. It wasn't very wasn't very convincing. No, obviously after this this uh, rainbow appears, Ozzy and Alex go try and find the end of the rainbow because Ozzy thinks he can find it, but you know, lo and behold, he actually does because it's the leprechaun's magic. And they find the truck, but the gold just suddenly appears. Now, this is my problem with this movie, and a question I have for you, Jeff: Can you make sense of any of this? Why did the gold just suddenly appear? I figured that this was the hiding place that O'Grady stashed the gold. So why did it just magically appear? I don't get this. Do you? No, I, I was wondering the exact same thing. Like, did O'Grady hide? Is this where he hid the gold? I don't think so. Didn't he have the gold on him, right, when he had his stroke? So yeah. did the leprechaun make it appear? Because if he did, why wouldn't he just materialize it to himself? It, it didn't make any sense uh, at all. It's just a... It's out of nowhere. Yeah, completely out of nowhere. I, I didn't understand this at all. It made no sense because if the leprechaun made it appear himself, he would just go find the gold and retrieve it. I Man, I didn't get this. Makes no sense. So I think that's just something that I just yeah. I, I can't wrap my head around. It's again terrible story no, and, writing and, you know and directing. What else about, yeah, terrible here. You know what else is stupid about this scene is when they find the gold, and I think it was you know Ozzy talking about you know, the leprechaun and, you know, there's the kid and it's like, oh, stop with all the leprechaun stuff. You know, oh, we just found a bag of gold at the end of a rainbow. What do you mean stop with all the leprechaun 
It didn't make make any sense. The character reaction was totally bonkers here. No, no. And nothing made sense at this point. It it was ridiculous. And then, you know, Ozzy himself says, oh, I'm going to try and bite this gold piece. But then instead of biting it, he swallows it. And it's like, oh, my good God. I'm just at this point, this character, Ozzy, is just grating on me so much right now. I'm so tempted to stop watching. But, you know, powered through it. So at this point, we're at the end of Act 1. So my question to you is... What are your thoughts on this movie so far? Are there any highs? Is there anything you can take away from this movie so far for you? I guess Jennifer Aniston's looking pretty good in this movie so far. Looking pretty good. Uh, But I'm confused at this point. What I'm wondering right now as the viewer is, what's the tone supposed to be here? Obviously, we already talked about it being a horror comedy, but it's not really hitting any jokes And it's not hitting any scares. So what am I supposed to be feeling here as somebody watching this movie? Who's the audience for this film right now? No, I agree. Uh, And I have the same exact feeling. Right now, this first act did absolutely nothing for me. I had to actually go stop the movie, refill my glass of whiskey just to get me through the rest of this. It's utter garbage at this point. I'm confused. It doesn't make sense. And most importantly, I agree with you. I am so lost on what the tone of this movie is going to be. So we'll see if um, Act 2 improves any anymore. So we'll, now we'll get into Act 2. So now that Ozzy and Alex have the gold, this gives the an excuse for the leprechaun to start his reign of terror. The first thing, again, going back to Jennifer Aniston, is <laughs> the beginning of Act 2 is I was just thinking, man, what a lucky SOB work Davis was because he gets to paw on Jennifer Aniston's leg. It's like <laughs> underneath the truck. It's like, <laughs> it's like, damn, I wish I was him. It's like, <laughs> and he's like, I love the sound he makes. He goes, ah. It's so awesome. I was like, yes, <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> and she's digging it too. That's that's the other funny part. She's digging it. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's, it's definitely got a creep factor there, which is what, what they're playing for. But yes. not that funny. No, no, it's it's not that funny. But I did love the uh, after she gets scratched by the leprechaun. I did love the guys. I think Nathan's reaction, and you let me paw your leg. <laughs> it's like I'd have the same reaction. And I love it that the dad's just there and you see all of his reactions to this. And I, I did note that as one of the things I did like. It's like the dad's realizing is, oh damn, <laughs> she's getting it on. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, so afterwards, I, I loved I loved sorry, her dad. Yeah. So at this point, Leprechaun bites the dad's hand and they think it's an animal. While they're off at the hospital, this is the point where Ozzy and Alex go to the pawn shop to get the coin appraised. So at this point, we are going to first glimpse of the first ideas that is going to be one of the highlights of the movies for me is the Leprechaun's mode of transportation. (laughs) So right now here, he starts off with just... (laughs) Well, I got to take something out of this movie, right? So it's like, here he starts off with just a tricycle. Yeah. Yeah, he starts off with just a tricycle. Yeah, Yeah, it is the best part. So when he's on the road, whether he's – I think he's hitching a ride like Marty McFly style or if he's doing it himself, there's an effect where the director has sped him up fast and his movements quickly for a comedic element. So did you – what did you think of that effect and and did you enjoy it and did you think it worked as a comedic element? Uh, 
yeah, no, no, I didn't. You know, I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit, but I hate that effect when they speed something up. Even you know, sometimes for a laugh, sometimes it's just to try to actually legitimately give the illusion of speed, and it never does, right? Certain things just don't don't translate when you do it like that. So, so no, I I thought it was pretty dumb. I didn't like it here. I, I did like it later in the movie when they used it once. <laughs> and I'll, I'll explain why uh, when we get to it later. So it was interesting. I just wanted to know what your thoughts are there on that one. So now we're going to get to the first real death of the movie. Uh, Leprechaun's first real kill. Not counting Dan O'Grady's wife who just fell backwards, which was stupid. But here's the pawn shop owner. So after Ozzy and Alex leave, he's alone in his shop. And of course, uh, for some reason, he doesn't get worried that all of a sudden a tricycle appears out of nowhere and is moving within his shop. I did love that after he kind of scared him, the leprechaun was fascinated with his shoes because I didn't know if you caught this because he's a shoemaker by trade. Mm. So the first he's thing... Shoemaker. Yeah, yeah, he's a shoemaker. Is that a the leprechaun myth or um, fairy tale that they're all shoemakers or is it just this guy? I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's got to be from somewhere. I, I didn't I didn't look it up. I actually thought it was one of the more interesting wrinkles to this character, though, because that obviously leads to an important part later on. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, but it was funny thing is, is like the first thing that popped in my head, I always have these obscure things that come into my head when I watch movies like this. Is like he's a shoemaker and he wants to shine his shoes. So I was thinking first blood at the end in, in Sly's monologue. It's like, shine, please, shine. It's like going to go cruise until the wheels fall off. Right? <laughs> to team these guys up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, can't have a dirty shoe. So the leprechaun then kills the shop owner by uh, pogo sticking onto his torso. So I have a question for you. I mean, I know you're not a big fan of horror movies what did you think about this death did you like it was it creative was it gory was it too gory or not gory it enough was creative you yeah it was creative i'm gonna say definitely not gory enough it was creative but not gory enough in a movie like this i think you kind of you really need to play up some of those gruesome elements because that's another source of getting getting a laugh it was pretty lame the the level of carnage inflicted upon this poor bastard getting pogo sticks into oblivion <laughs> Uh, it, it needed a little more punch, I think. Yeah, it did. And when I remember I mentioned that some scenes needed reshoots for upping the gore, this was one of those scenes. So all of those close-up shots mm -hmm. of him landing on his torso and puncturing his torso, those were reshoots. So you didn't see that in the original cut. Well, so yeah. Interesting. But that's not my I, I did, not my favorite part. Uh, the kill is okay. I did love the cheesy no scream. You know, it's like, no. <laughs> I love movies like that where it's like stupid dumb movies and they play up the, the no scream. It's, it's great. <laughs> that, that fit in well. But my favorite part actually is after the guy dies and he turns around and he sees he trades up his mode of transportation. He sees the other car now. So now it's to me. The first thing I think of, it's a Wario cart. It's like, I'm a Wario. Ah! It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, was, you, see, you see him speeding down the road again. And it's like, well, do you think this was the inspiration for Mario Kart? Because <laughs> this little guy's got everything. Well, maybe if he was like shooting Lucky Charms out of the cart, it might, you could say, <laughs> it was a pretty boss ride. Uh, let's, let's face it, coming down the highway and that thing. Yeah, that, that, that was, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, and again, you get that speed up effect because obviously this yeah. car is not moving fast. So they have no, to and I think that up. the effect yeah. is working better here, right? Speeding them up now for whatever reason on the road. I think I think it hits a little bit better now than it did before on the tricycle. 
Yes. So, so the leprechaun's on his way back home because he has this uh, Wario cart. He gets pulled over by a cop, and of course, the hilarity ensues. So, I'll just let you want to ask you. You can describe the scene and think. What did you think about the scene with the cop and the chase through the woods? Did it work for you? What were your initial <laughs> thoughts? Uh, I I did laugh at this scene, but this guy's an idiot, though, isn't he? This this cop. I mean, I don't know that I'm chasing a funny little man through the woods who obviously has magic powers. And then when he thinks he's kind of ran away, he's all bloodied and he's, you know, he's had his face kind of ripped into by this guy, by the leprechaun's claws. And he just sort of sits and chills against tree, relaxes, <laughs> but, has but, a bit of a chuckle. Yeah, but then you know what he says? Because you know? he chuckles. He's in on the joke. He goes, no more. No more. That's how I was feeling with this scene. It was like it was too long. That's how I was feeling. Yeah, it was. It was tired. It was played. It was. It just dragged on for a bit there. I think what would have worked is is when the leprechaun actually dropped his hat. It would have been kind of cool, even if they could have pulled it off in a low budget way. If maybe when the cop picked up the hat, the leprechaun's hand popped out of the hat, like in a a magician in a sense. That little bit of trickery there would have been better instead of just him, oh, here I am above you. I'm going to now headlock you with my thighs and rip off your face. So, (laughs) I mean, he didn't even do that. He just, like, broke his neck. So Yeah, not a lot of creativity to that kill there. I mean, breaking his neck. That's pretty lame for for a movie of, of this type to do that. It's too simple. There's not enough gore. It's not funny. It's not scary. And you had a good point there, you know, with the hat. Maybe if this, like, hand comes out or something with the trickery, because obviously he's got all these magic tricks up his sleeve. It makes more sense if he would use some of that that when when he's preying on his victims. That would have been a lot more fun. Yeah, and and maybe the budget played into play here, right? So, you know, who knows? But I I think you could have pulled that off even without special effects. You could have just had a hand pop through the hat or do something like that, you know? So So now the cop is dead. The leprechaun goes back to the O'Grady house to look for his gold because he only has the one piece from the pawn shop owner. But he can't find it. And after everyone comes back to the house, the leprechaun then starts making noises and torments them, finally reveals himself to them. And this whole section here is our first little bit of the traditional B-movie horror scares here. So the leprechaun injures Nathan. Alex finally comes clean and says they stashed the gold in the well so Tori then retrieves the gold gives it back to the leprechaun but the leprechaun still realizes there's a piece missing because Ozzy ate it so just out of all of this I, I just described actually quite a large chunk of what the movie is here just in that um, that little description what is there anything of interest in you here throughout the, the set piece <sighs> You know, you watch horror movies and you're used to characters being stupid and making bad decisions. You know, we were talking about the cop earlier and he was just a whole bag of stupid decisions. And then Jennifer Aniston is like, he wants the gold? Shit, where's the gold? She goes and gets it and she gives it to him. Yeah. I actually found that pretty refreshing for a horror movie. It's like, that's, <laughs> that is the solution here. Give the guy his gold. So yeah, you know what? Does it. You're right. You're right. That is actually refreshing. That's a good point. I never thought of it. She's the only one who's actually thinking smart and let's just do the right thing so we can just end this. Yeah. You're right. That was That is something to take away from this. That is yeah. refreshing. I'm glad when you're recording this. It's like, you're right. That's Now it's immortalized. <laughs> so for me, I'll just list a couple of things that I took notes from in this section that I did. I did enjoy because <laughs> there are a few things I did like here. So I don't know if you noticed, but when the leprechaun was rummaging through the house, 
he actually found the Lucky Charm cereal box. Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, yeah. but they called it Lucky Clover. So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. And again, coming back to him, him being a shoemaker, again, he finds shoes and it just instantaneously goes into uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. It just starts to shine the shoes because that's another weakness of his. And I believe at that point, correct me if I'm wrong, I saw a weak attempt at a George Lucas transitional wipe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't Very know if you weak. noticed yeah. that. And then, you know, I, I, I wanted to note this down because it just shows the kind of idiots that were dealing with here. I did take note that Nathan himself is also a dimwit because when they come back and see the mess the leprechaun makes and the shoes all shined, his first thought was, a bear did this. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> did you notice all the shoes? A bear did this. That's a pretty considerate bear. You know? <laughs> yeah, that was, was hilarious. I couldn't believe he said that. I laughed out loud. <laughs> it was a legitimate laugh. It's like, oh my god. These guys are truly idiots. So once the leprechaun reveals himself, I, I did love the line and this is one of them like for me obscure movies are only like bad movies also are really only worth watching if you can also find them quotable and this is one movie that i did like so when nathan is injured and they say go get help call for help so ozzy goes goes to the phone calls the police and this is his line help help it's happening the attack is on <laughs> it's a leprechaun bring the army bring the navy bring medicine bye-bye <laughs> oh my goodness I was laughing pretty hard at that laugh. <laughs> so continuing on what I liked about this scene. So after Ozzy says that they go back outside and get into the truck and then bam, all of a sudden the leprechaun bursts out of the barn with another modified Wario cart. It's like, ah, I'm Wario again. <laughs> that was great. I, that was, I mean, he sure put that together in a hurry too, didn't he? he <laughs> oh, yes. Just rolled in there. What, what parts are in that barn at this point here? This guy's making this uh, super Wario cart in there. It was I mean, good for the leprechaun. Con, man, that it's one hell of a death machine that he uh, with the pitchfork on the end. Oh, oh I know, it's yeah. great, it's great. I love how every time he gets into a new vehicle, it gets more vicious and aggressive. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, it gets bigger and bigger and more badass. I love that. So he ruins the truck. So they go again back inside, and we get another uh, peekaboo chase going on in the kitchen in the hallway. <laughs> I did get a chuckle out of how oh, the leprechaun reaches out of a drawer and like <laughs> squeezes Nathan's junk. <laughs> it's like yeah. I love Nathan's. This bad scream. He goes, ah! Uh, <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, he was hiding his enjoyment. He's like, <laughs> I don't like it, but it's kind of tantalizing. <laughs> So I guess the final thing I did notice about the scene, and it is clever, and I think you mentioned it before, is the one way they got out of dealing with the leprechaun so they could get to the nursing home to get O'Grady or find out information from him is they escaped by throwing shoes to distract the leprechaun. Yeah. I thought I thought that was clever, and I like that scene. <laughs> it's like a yeah. shoe shine shine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love First Blood, but I just keep thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. it, you know what? That is a, that is actually a piece of character development here for the for the Leprechaun. You know, being an obsessive compulsive about it, kind of it's kind of a neat thing to throw in, and it gives the uh, our our team of heroes, if you want to credit them with that, a way to deal with the supernatural menace. Yeah, yeah, I think it's clever. I, I did yeah. genuinely like this scene. I, yeah. I liked it. Yeah. No, you're right. It, it it gives them with a way of dealing with something they have no chance of really dealing with mono a mono, right? Yeah, exactly. So this is the end of our Act 2 here, Jeff. What are your thoughts at this point in the movie? Did Act 2 improve things for you? Is there anything you can take away from this movie at this point? Things g get dumber here in Act 2. The, the action ratchets up. 
We've got a couple of deaths which are which have been underwhelming so far, both in the number and uh, intensity of. So kind of disappointing there. You know, like I said, I mean, Jennifer Aniston sort of making a smart decision in a horror movie was kind of refreshing. So that's the best thing to take away. The dumbest decision made by Terry's low-rent Hugh Jackman father after she gets scratched by the leprechaun under the car there and they go chasing through the woods and he hears a cat meowing so he thinks it's a cat and the guy sticks his hand into this dark tree stump like come on man even if that is actually a cat in there we're in a horror movie here so as a viewer obviously we're, we're supposed to feel tension here but even if that's just a cat an injured cat in there and that guy's reaching into this dark hole to grab an injured cat. You're going. You're going to the hospital, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty it, it, it's pretty stupid. I, I do agree. I think for me at this point, there are only really two highlights. You mentioned, and I didn't realize this before, so thank you for mentioning. Is Jennifer Aniston doing something refreshing and trying to provide a, a legitimate solution to this problem by giving him the gold? And then the other thing is just the <laughs> the, the vehicles for <laughs> the modes of transportation, the the Mario Karts. <laughs> <laughs> for yeah. for the leprechaun. It was genuinely funny. I, I did like those scenes. But yeah, at this point, Act 2 is not much of an improvement. Again, it's still trying to figure out its tone, as you, we had talked about earlier. And uh, we'll see if Act 3 has any more improvements. But I'm not essentially really liking or taking away too much from this movie at this point. So Act 3 begins as Tori gets to the hospital to get O'Grady's help. Again, we have the scenes here where there's a bit of a chase. She finds the leprechaun there. O'Grady's dead, but almost dead. And just before he dies, he tells her that she needs to get the four-leaf clover. And then there's a little chase. So, again, did you did you take away anything from, from this set piece here, the hospital? Not really. Pretty pretty ho-hum for me at this point. The the dumbness is starting to wear on me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's, there is absolutely nothing in this set piece that I like. It's just a way to for them to find the solution. And yeah. and, and it's it's just dumb. The, I will point out two things that I did notice is once the leprechaun starts chasing her in the hospital halls in the wheelchair, I swear there was like repetitive shots over and over again. Like he was going around the same the same corner like three times and it was the same him lip smacking as like oh, come here my yeah. sweet. It's like it was like are they taking a you know a page from how itchy and scratchy cartoons are produced here. So <laughs> yeah, I mean you know what an itchy and scratchy cartoons are produced with a lot more creativity. And, and here it just feels like the filmmakers are bored. I mean, they know they don't have any money, but they don't seem to be overcoming any difficulties with any creativity. They're just being lazy. They're not playing anything here for a good laugh or a good scare or both, which is, you know, what the tone of the movie is obviously going for. So, you know, when you're when you're in the third act, it's time to start ratcheting up the intensity, the tension. And they're just they're just not. They're just not doing it right now. No. It's not working. No. No. It gets even lazier because now they race back to the O'Grady place. And surprise, surprise, he has his own four-leaf clover patch there. And to make it even much better for the characters, all of a sudden out of the blue, this patch starts glowing green in the dark so they can find it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's – obviously we're dealing with mystical forces here. But who's on their side to make the clover patch glow green? In the night, or is that just for our benefit, so that you know the viewer can see it, or are they do they see it glowing? I'm a little confused. I mean, clover patches are pretty common, I guess, but I don't know. 
about. Yeah. They're telegraphing I, pretty heavily what's going to be happening here. No, I agree. And I don't know if that's for the audience's sake or for the character's sake and that it's glowing and it, it gets even worse. The Ozzy comes in because she can't find it for a leaf one at first. And Ozzy comes in and goes, you've got to believe. Yeah. And it's like, oh, stupid Ozzy tricks it for kids. You know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's what I felt like saying at that point. And it's like, and it's like, you've got to believe. And the next thing that popped in my mind is like, Sean Connery is just like, you've got to believe, boy. <laughs> so only the penitent bench were passed, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh man, this is, it's just terrible. This, this, you know, gotta believe it'll come true and it does. So, you know, now we're at the climax and resolution of the film. So they use the four leaf clover to take care of the leprechaun. So what Alex does is he channels Bart Simpson and uses the wad of gum to, you know, tape the cl- or stick the cl- four leaf clover on and shoots it with a slingshot into the leprechaun's mouth. He falls down the well and then Nathan pours the gasoline down and blows it up. So it's pretty abrupt at this point. I know there's a bit more where he bites off or bites Ozzy's ear a little bit and Ozzy all of a sudden is ready to die a hero and all that stuff. But what did you think of this rushed climax here? Is there anything that you liked out of this point here? I actually like the uh, slingshotting the four-leaf clover down the leprechaun's gullet. I thought that was I thought that was kind of fun, actually, because I didn't expect the kid to be the hero here, right? You expect Jennifer Aniston to be the one to vanquish the, the leprechaun, and basically the kid's just like, fuck this, and he just shoots him. Yeah, it's, he, like, it's like Indiana Jones pulling out the gun and shooting <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and he even gives the typical '80s one-liner like "fuck you, Lucky Charms." And it's- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got a or giggle not. out of that. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I yeah, I, I thought I would have, but you know, it just seemed a bit forced. It was just something that I think at this point of the movie, I was starting to get a little tired. Uh, come on, man! A line like "fuck you, Lucky Charms" doesn't. That's a. I'm framing that one, <laughs> printing it out, and I'm hanging it on my wall. The, your new ringtone. There you go. That's, that's my new ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one thing I did notice and I did like is the effects of the leprechaun Muppet as he was melting after he got shot with the clover in the mouth. You know, he started to to actually physically melt. Uh, I like that Muppetry effect there. Of course, they ruined it again as he comes back up and it's supposed to be a scary scene, but somebody hits him over the head with a goofy sh- like shotgun handle and he falls back down. And that's when the movie just erupt- abruptly ends. The well blows up. Police come one second later and you get the voiceover. It's like, I'll be back. And then the end, cue credits. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's that, it. It was abrupt, wasn't it? I mean, it's almost like they ran out of physical film to shoot with. Probably. Like, well, shit, like, I, I guess we're good, guys. Like, we're done. Like, we, we ran out of film. We ran out of film. We ran out of money. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. So is your... I guess we're here at the end of the movie, so closing thoughts. So I'll let you go first, Jeff. Now, sure. it, considering the genre and the type of movie this is, what did you think of Leprechaun? Can you give this movie any kind of recommendation? Is there anything here that you liked? Was this too bad of a movie to get through? I'm going to say now that we're through the movie and I'm done watching it, it's time for me to celebrate. <laughs> and... This Irish whiskey here is a nice closer to the film. Not a whole lot to take out. Obviously, there were some goofy parts here that we kind of got to chuckle out of here and there. There's a genre of movie that people enjoy watching, like the So Bad It's Good. I don't think it falls into that. Uh, It's lazy. Uh, The kills weren't inventive or gory. The laughs didn't really hit. Problems with the tone. The biggest question I had is, who's this movie for? Let me ask you that question, Harry. Who... Who's this movie for? 
Nobody. It's for nobody. Yeah, it, it is for nobody. I mean, I'm thinking that, you know, maybe enjoyable for like 10 to 12 year olds, but that's a curious audience for what is an R rated movie. So it doesn't, doesn't hit for adults. It's too much. For, it's, you know, it's R rated movie, so it can't be for kids. No real laughs, no real thrills or scares. I'm going to have to bury the leprechaun in that well. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, I wrote the same thing down. I, it's like, by Grapthar's Hammer, I cannot recommend this movie at all. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is not a gem. This is not a rare antiquity, even for the genre. And as we mentioned before, and you mentioned it first, you can't find an identity with this movie. Is it a horror or is it a horror comedy? I felt the movie needed a lot more scares, even for it to be passable. As a horror, considering after the research, I mean, I'm not surprised by this, that they had to go back and refilm some of the gorier scenes. Uh, to me, you know, tells me all I need to know of what they're trying to, what their intention was to begin with. They really didn't know. I also read that Mark Jones, his inspiration for doing this movie was by sitting down and eating a bowl of Lucky Charm cereal. So I think that explains it all. The only thing I like about that is it does give me hope that one day I can make a movie myself. If this, you know, this Joe Sixpack just, you know, starts eating a bowl of Lucky Charms and says, hey, I'm going to make a movie about a leprechaun. You know, maybe I've got a shot at something in the future. Yeah, man. You can, we can make Snap, Crackle, and Pop. <laughs> well, I want Cal Chocula or Frankenberry. <laughs> it's like, one, ah, ah, ah. He eats another guy. Two, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> You know, I'm sure there's a lot of other ideas. I'm on C-3PO's. It's like... <laughs> oh, there you go. Remember those man. cereals oh, when we were a yeah, kid? I absolutely, I remember the C-3PO's, man. We could make up our movie there. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would have been you know, Sugar Smacks versus C-3PO's, right? You never know. Yeah, we get like crossovers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the cereal championships, you never know. The, the, the shared cinematic cereal universe. Yeah, exactly. The, the last thing I really have to ask you, Jeff, is knowing that this movie has spawned off more sequels, would you ever be interested in watching one of those in the future? Uh, you know, based on some of the titles, uh, there might be some laughs to be had here. But considering that this one was a theatrical release and it's pretty terrible and everything else is direct to video, I don't know. I don't think there's probably a lot of value to be seen. Is, is Warwick Davis in the rest of them, or is they find another? No, he is, except until the reboot. Then okay. they've rebooted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe there's some laughs to be had there, but no, I, I, I think that this is best left buried in some peat bog somewhere in Ireland. And <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't mind checking out like Leprechaun in the Hood. I was going <laughs> mean, Leprechaun like, in the Hood might be the only one I I consider watching. Yeah, it's like him versus Ice T, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah that'd be interesting. Uh, maybe probably all just stone for ninety minutes, and that's the movie. You know, hey, you know what, man? You never know; it might work. I, th I think the only thing, other thing that I can think of this movie well, it's worth mentioning is. I actually genuinely liked Warwick Davis's performance as a leprechaun. I mean, he didn't have much to work with. And considering the director and the script, I actually did find him to be enjoyable to watch. If he had better material and it was a better movie, I thought the laughs could have been better. And I thought he could have been more scary. But I really don't pin the fault on him. He did an adequate job for what he was given. Uh, yeah, I have to agree with you there, too. He His... 
his performance was the most compelling piece of the movie for sure. He was having fun with the material. You could tell he, he sold it. The makeup effects were great. Uh, yeah, if the material had been scarier, I think he uh, he could have had a little bit more to play with. But certainly you can't lay the blame at, at his feet. He was, I don't want to say the word good, but he's certainly the most effective piece of the film. Yes, I agree. I think we can agree on that. But in the end, I, I can't recommend this as a, as something to watch. It's no gem. It's no rare antiquity. So that's it. That's it for today. That does it for Leprechaun. So, Jeff, do you have our next pick? Well, yes, I do. And I did some searching to keep in spirit of the podcast and an underappreciated gem. But you know what? People who underappreciate movies this good make me furious. Starring Ben Stiller, William H. Macy, and yes! a bunch of other guys. <laughs> yes! The original superhero action comedy, Mystery Men. Yes, a great pick. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I can't wait to dive into that one. It's been a while since I've seen that one as well, so that'll be good. Yeah, me too. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah. So uh, that's that does it for episode three and our analysis on Leprechaun. Hope to see you guys again next time. All right. Cheers. Oh, tis like the singing of the angels themselves.